Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Are you tired of encountering walls of resistance on your path to healing? If you are, you should know that you're not alone. Many believers face the trenches of despair and sickness, feeling trapped, basically powerless in their circumstances. Throughout my experiences over the last 30 years and through the stories shared by many people that I've interviewed over the last few years on this podcast, I have witnessed the incredible wisdom and and life-changing power of divine healing over and over and over again. I've seen hearts mended, bodies restored, lives forever transformed just by the miraculous touch of Jesus. Divine healing is not a far-fetched concept that's reserved for a select few. It is a reality available to every believer. The redeeming force of Christ's sacrifice knows no bounds. And through understanding and embracing this truth, you can walk confidently towards complete restoration. Amen. To help explain this even further, we are blessed to have as our guest today, Sue Detweiler. Sue is a pioneer woman pastor who began preaching at the age of 19. She and her husband, Wayne, planted and co-pastored their first church at the ripe old age of 22. She has a strong prophetic teaching gift. She's equipped men and women to become pastors, evangelists, missionaries to the nations. She is an in-demand international speaker and travels to Central America, South America, Europe, Africa, Middle East, you name it. She's a recognized member of Randy Clark's Global Awakening Network and Apostle Guillermo Maldonado's Supernatural Global Network. She has been recognized with the highest recognitions from the president of the Four Square Church, Jack Hayford, for leading life school ministry. It's a three-year Bible training institute in Nashville. Her latest book is Healing Rain, Immersing Yourself in Christ's Love to Find Wholeness of Mind, Body, and Heart, which we'll be discussing today. Amen. Help me welcome to the program, Sue Detweiler. Sue, it is so good to have you on the program today. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. It's a joy to be here, Bob. Thank you for inviting me. Amen. Now, the first question I always ask is this. Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Sue Detweiler? (laughs) Well, I tell you, I'm a lover of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus with all of my heart, and I love people. I think one unique thing about me, Bob, is that I see people with eyes of faith. So often I'm calling greatness out of people. And in that way, I serve as a mentor or coach to to leaders really around the world because God has such a prophetic destiny in people's lives. And my passion is for people to walk in the fullness of who they're called to be. Amen. 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 
I want to start by clarifying something that I read during the intro. You planted a church at the age of 22? <laughs> well, my my husband is eight and a half years older than I am. So, I mean, he was a much more mature one than okay. I was. But yes, um, we started partnering and we would literally, at that point in our lives, um, we would preach every other week. So we were both preaching 50% of the time. We've raised six children and now have eight grandchildren. So when we were preaching in those early days, it felt like we were passing a baby back and forth because there was usually a nursing baby involved. So of course we had lots of people at church caring for our kids and they grew up in the midst of ministry and the power of God and I'm so grateful for all that Jesus has done in our lives. Amen. Because that, I, I had, when we moved here to Baltimore in 2001, we started a church. And uh, after two years, my police officer responsibilities, you know, I got promoted and it became more cumbersome. I wasn't able to, in my heart, I, I believe I wasn't able to fulfill the pastor portion of that. So we merged with a friend of mine. But I can't imagine at the age of 20. I, I think back to my, I was in the military at age <laughs> 22. Work. And I'm like, I'm like you, wow. You know, we were, <laughs> we were really supported by our denomination. I mean, very few places. We were actually financially supported by our denomination that sent us. And, and a lot of times that doesn't happen. You know, there's the financial yeah. part of church planting is so difficult. Um, so um, and, and by the way, we, we love church planting because it's one of the best ways for new people to learn to know Jesus. Yeah, and true. Um, yeah. it's a great evangelism tool that Jesus loves to use. Amen. 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 When did you first recognize the spiritual gift of divine healing was active in your life? You know, at a very young age, I began to heal or pray for the sick. And part of that is a story that happened um, when I was a little girl. It was my grandpa. My grandpa was writing in a story one day. He came from Amish background. He was a Mennonite man in a buggy. But his, um, his horse backed up and basically the Surrey fell over and the horse landed on top of him. Oh. And so you can imagine, um, you know, certain death is the prognosis at that point. But yeah. God did a miracle. He was rescued, rushed to the hospital. They didn't expect him to live. So they called in the elders of the church who anointed him with oil. Amen. And he was healed and he Amen. walked again. And this spurred on a revival in my grandparents' Praise home, God. and Amen. they began to pray all night long. And, you know, even though they were still Mennonite, I remember Catherine Coleman coming through the airwaves oh, wow. at their wow. house. And, and really, the ministry of healing from that point on was something that I passionately believed in because I had had an, an experience with it. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now, I, I've shared this on the podcast before. I'll briefly go over it. Uh, my first actual 
personal participation in divine healing happened one day after I graduated from Bible school. Uh, my daughter was pregnant and went to have a sonogram, you know, how they take a videotape and all this is back in 1999. And uh, I had been working basically two jobs plus going to school for the two years of the Bible school. So I'm sleeping in. It's the first day I actually get to sleep in. You know? <laughs> and she came in crying, woke me up. It's about 1.30 in the afternoon or something. And I said, what's wrong? I says, there's a problem with the baby. And I said, the doctor says there's no blood supply to the brain. Mm -hmm. It's shaped like a football. And he's sending me to a specialist for my options. And we know what options they're talking about. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? And she said, I believe if you pray, God will heal the baby. So I knew my faith was there. I mean, just attending this faith Bible school. I mean, I'm, you know, it's like throwing a, a bone to a hungry bulldog, right? But I knew hers wasn't. So I had to build up her faith. So I started with John chapter 10, verse 10, John 10, 10. The devil comes to kill, steal, destroy, but I've come, they may have life. And then we'll let her through several healing scriptures. When I seen the light go on in her eyes, okay, now we'll pray. And we prayed. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we said, amen, the phone rang and it was a doctor's office. They had made her an appointment with a specialist Monday morning at eight o'clock. Now her husband couldn't take off work that quick. You know, he had to give notice and stuff. So should mm -hmm. we go with me? I said, sure. So we went down, they plugged the videotape in this doctor's there and he's taking all these measurements, scratching his head, looking at the file, come back, mm -hmm. measuring it. I said, why are you here? I said, why? As a doctor said, I know what it, it says, but this is a perfectly healthy little girl. And I asked Jesus. Denise, I said, and, and the images on the videotape are completely different. Right? And I asked I Denise. I love it when it's I documented. Said, yep. I said, mm -hmm. now, Denise, you have a choice. Either your doctor totally screwed up his diagnosis, which he'd been doing it for like 30 years. I said, or God healed your baby in three days. Because I believe God healed the baby in three days. So praise God. That's Amen. the testimony. And when she was, and then about a week or so later said, I think God wants me to name her Zoe. All right. Now, Zoe, mm -hmm. if you remember that TV Me's show, friends. Life. Yeah. But I'm mm -hmm. thinking when she said that, I thought about that TV show friends and Zoe was the ditz. Right? <laughs> 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 and Zoe, why Zoe? Because I, I don't know. I just, mm -hmm. I just feel that that's what God wants me to name her. Well, when the baby is born, she's perfectly healthy. I had contacted the Bible school and told them about the testimony. I had called for a prayer chain, all this good stuff as well. But mm -hmm. I spoke to the dean and said, I want to come in and give this testimony and dedicate the baby, have them dedicate the baby to the Lord in front of the first year mm -hmm. Bible students. So they understand you got to understand, you have to learn what we're talking about here because you never know when you're going to put it to you. He's a great idea. Come on in. So we're, I gave the testimony. He gave the, you know, we gave, they gave him the baby and said, what's the baby's name? I says, Zoe. Oh, life, life of God. Two-year mm -hmm. Bible student. Yes. <laughs> about it. But I went back afterwards and, and read those scriptures, got out the concordance and it says right there, John, I've come that they may have Zoe. And they, they have, have life abundantly. Yep. And Amen. she's 22 years old right now. Beautiful. And, you know, She's got, mm -hmm. got her career going and all that, but that was my first personal instance of divine yes. healing. And there's been many others. I love, God, I love God how you coached her. I love how you coached her in faith. And, yeah. you know, I'm thinking about something that happened a couple of weeks ago 
in Brazil, I heard the Lord say, give a word of knowledge for blind eyes and deaf ears. Like you have to know you've heard the Lord when that's the word of knowledge, you know, blind eyes, deaf ears. And as I had people coming up, the first several people were not healed when I I prayed. And I I remember gathering around and then telling stories of faith, telling them, okay, in Houston, I prayed for two ears and they were opened. And I started telling them again, just, just stories of recent miracles and stirred their faith up. And then sure enough, healing after healing after healing began to happen. And and there, there's something about it. It's, it's really important that we not blame people for not having enough faith. Right. Amen. And yeah. yet the faith element is part of it, um, that we cooperate with God. And especially like on that night, I can feel when God gives me a Mark 11 mountain moving faith, you know, the type of faith that you speak to the mountain and it moves. It's a, and whenever there's that gift of faith, the miraculous is going to follow. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. You know, I was in uh, Fort Worth one time and I was meeting with some of our broadcasters and uh, we just had some meetings with them. And I got a text message from my daughter saying that her father-in-law, her husband's dad, was in a serious construction accident, and he was in Colleen, Copper's Cove area. You're familiar with that from being Dallas. And uh, they were medevacing him uh, to Scott and White Hospital in Temple. So I text about, okay, keep me posted, you know, and finish the meetings, and we're going to go back. I was supposed to preach the next day in San Antonio, so we're staying at a friend's house out in, in, uh, by Tyler. So I was going to go out there, and then come back and fly out the next day and as we're leaving to drive back to the friend's house the holy spirit said go down lay hands on them and i'll raise them up okay lord you do realize i have to go to san antonio tomorrow and i got it that's from where i was at it's almost two and a half hours to scott and white hospital and temple and then two and a half hours back then drive out to tyler yeah so but he said it again Go down there, lay hands on them. I'll raise them up. Okay, Lord. Told my wife, said, we're on our way down. We're going to lay hands on them and then come back home. She goes, that's like five, six hours drive. I'm going down to lay hands on them. God will raise them up and we're coming home. All right, let's go. So that's what we did. And we're staying in touch. By the time we got down there, they had just brought him out of surgery. It was like five hours in surgery. The saw had actually cut his juggler vein and nicked it. And it took him like three hours just to stop that bleeding. It completely severed his voice box, you know, the, the wow. larynx and all that. A saw wow. had kicked back on him. And wow. uh, when we got there, they he was just coming out of recovery, and they brought him to his room. They said, oh, he'll sleep all night long. You know? And I got there, and hit, one of his sons was there and just telling me all that. I said, well, I'm not here to talk. I'm here to pray. So I walked in. I said, Mike, I know you hear me. And I'm commanding, you know, in the name of Jesus, wake up. And his eyes popped open and he, his, you know, he's all bundled up with tubes all over. And, and his eyes were saying, what are you doing here? Because he thinks I'm in Maryland still. You know? And I told him what God said. God said that I'll come down here, lay hands on you, and he's going to raise you up. So I prayed. I said, I believe that in three days time, you're leaving this hospital. And that was on Saturday. 
my son-in-law flew down there Monday, got to see him Tuesday. When he came in to see him Tuesday, he was already walking around. Wednesday, they discharged him. Now, they were telling his son when I got down there, he said, he's going to have several surgeries. We don't even know if he's ever going to be able to speak again, right? But he's, he's probably facing five or six surgeries right now. He didn't have any surgeries. They discharged him on Wednesday. He's talking. Everything is fine. Amazing. You know, and so nobody can tell you. I, I get something. Well, I don't believe in that healing. So I said, well, you're too late for me because I believe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. When you begin to see God work supernaturally and he cooperates with us in the aspect of um, our mind, body and heart. I mean, mm -hmm. the reality is we're such complex beings that um, there are times that our healing is a cooperation oh, yeah. of uh, our coming into agreement with him mm -hmm. as healer. Amen. Well, you've ministered and traveled throughout the world. And, you know, give us some examples of how you've seen God supernaturally heal bodies, minds, and hearts during your travels. Well, uh, a different time I was in Brazil, um, I, we were ministering to pastors. It was pastors and leaders in the room. Um, and, but there were both men and women that were ministering. But I had this long, long line of men standing, coming up. And, and it was an interesting thing. But as they would come towards me, sometimes they'd fall on the ground and mm -hmm. encounter God and be down there for an hour. Sometimes they'd be wow. shaking. Um, sometimes I would give them a hug and, you know, the love of God mm. would come over them and they'd mm. be baptized in love. Um, but I began to see something I could see in the spiritual realm. It was like the hand of God reaching out. It was like a translucent red hand reaching and holding their hearts, almost mm. like he was massaging the hearts. And mm. I'm like, God, what are you doing? And, and he revealed to me that he was massaging the toxins out of his heart. You know, you think about the fact that, that pastors go through a lot of difficult things. And sometimes there's a residue of, of toxic situations that, that plug up the heart, so to speak. And, and literally God's a heart healer. And when you have an encounter with Jesus, it can shift things um, that it's not only the physical healing that happens, but it's also a heart healing and a, a setup really for life ahead. Yeah. And, and I, I really felt that was a different type of healing. But as I inquired of the Lord, what is this about men? And I, I felt like the Lord said to me, in the body of Christ, we've recognized a spiritual father's. And we know that spiritual fathers are important, not only for men, but also women. Women need spiritual fathers. We haven't recognized the fact that I use spiritual mothers, and not only with daughters, but for sons. And it, it really, it helped me think about it because, you know, a dad will carry identity, but something that a spiritual mom carries is unconditional love. And there's something Amen. about the love of God that heals hearts and heals bodies. 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I can just visualize that. That is awesome. Isn't that powerful? I know. I mean, God just loves to heal us in all sorts of ways. Uh, um, A couple of weeks ago, I prayed for a woman who she had led dance for her church and loved leading it, but she had had a a shoulder um, injury and wasn't able to dance. Mm. And I I could feel the heat of God going through my hands. And I said, well, activate your faith, you know, dance. And she, (laughs) I have a a video on my Instagram. She just began to dance beautifully. She was completely healed and able to dance. And, you know, I think about that in terms of how the enemy works often, you know, the enemy wants to stop our calling. And sometimes the physical realm is one of the places he'll attack in that place of calling. So it was just so beautiful to see her dance after she was completely healed. Oh, praise God. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, when it's no secret, everybody knows I've talked about this before, how I've had two knee replacements done. But prior to getting injured, I was a runner. I mean, I, I ran, mm-hmm. if there was nothing to do, I go on a 10 mile run just to kill some time. I mean, I was, that's you know from my military days, I was just mm-hmm. left over running marathons and all that. And my, actually the day I got injured, I just run nine miles that day and then took a shower, and went to work, you know, and then that night I got hurt, but, uh, wow. I loved running and I, I haven't been able to do it since May 12th, 2007. Uh, but after the first knee surgery, you know, they told me now, no running, you know, if you're going to run on, I asked about, you know, like officiating football on turf, turf's fine. No long, this is right. Do not run on sidewalks or streets or anything because you'll be back, you know, it'll, it'll wear out. So, and Lord, you know, I mean, I've been praying this for 10 years, you know, Lord, I really want to go running. I really want to go. It feels good. I really want to go running. And one day Lord said, okay, <coughs> go ahead and go run. And so there's a half mile lap around your neighborhood with this road here. Take that and go for a run. Thank you, Lord. And it felt so good. Right. I mean, I was inside. Oh, I just loved it. I'm I'm feeling exhilarated just by thinking about it right now. And when I finished, he said, okay, now that's enough. Don't ask me to do this again. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, he let me experience it one more time, you know, they said, but that's enough. You're not going to do it no more. <laughs> and then I stopped. But I mean, God will, you know, he, he knew my heart. I just wanted to be able to do it, you know, and experience that runner's high one more time, you know, and, and oh, I'm just thinking about it. I'm, I'm like, oh, it felt so good. Mm-hmm. It felt so good, you know, but then when, as soon as I finished, you know, I took a shower and all, he said, okay, now don't ask me to do that again. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, sir. And I haven't. I haven't at all, you know, and, uh, but yeah, let's shift gears a bit. I want to discuss your book, Healing Rain. Yeah. This inspiration for this book came from your own health crisis while on a trip to Brazil. Can you share a yes, little bit about that did. with us? Yes, it did. And it, it was like going from perfectly healthy into like a perfect storm of different things that happened. 
Um, and, and by the way, we travel to many, many nations, um, a different nation almost every month. But this story is again about Brazil. So we had traveled there in 2008 and um, my GI tract was contaminated. You know, I got a fever when I was there, didn't quite recover. And basically, um, it went undiagnosed for quite a while. And during that undiagnosed uh, time, it set off a chain reaction of multiple autoimmune things, Hashimoto's thyroidism. I, I got huge bold spots from Allosopia reta, another sort of... Um, uh, autoimmune. It was just thing after thing after thing, appendectomy that needed to be healed. And and you you have this point in your life where you're like, okay, my body is no longer working like it was. What's going on, God? And and I do think um, when you have something chronic. Often it's very easy to fall into a victim mentality, which I believe I did at that point. It's like my story. I would begin to tell my story over and over. So I'm meditating on all of what, you know, the enemy was doing and I was not doing my normal of, of speaking health and believing health. So I do believe that I had to have a mind shift and a revelation of what was happening. Um, and I needed to encounter God. I needed his healing. Um, but here's the good news. Like I've described all of that stuff. The good news is that God's totally healed me. Now, it was a process, a process, but like my thyroid was completely healed. They tell you that can't happen, but God did it. You know, Amen. I've got a thick head of hair. You probably can't see me, but I mean, and you know what else, Bob? I really feel like he's renewed my youth. Amen. I mean, renewed Amen. my youth. Where most of the time people have no idea how old I am because I don't look how old I am. Yeah. And I have the energy and the vitality um, that it's a supernatural healing. And I'm Amen. very, very grateful. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that was the inspiration for this book. So why do you believe yes. now is the right time to publish Healing Rain? You know. I knew that I'd write this book for quite a while. I remember talking with somebody on my healing team and um, she said, I think it's a book on suffering, you know, because you go through things like what I'm describing. There's a lot of suffering involved yeah. Yeah. in those types of health challenges. Um, I tried to write it in such a way that someone that was in the middle of a chronic situation could get a breakthrough. Amen. Amen. I wasn't just going for mm, encouraging faith. Like later chapters, I'll talk mm -hmm. about faith. <coughs> I was wanting to engage the mind, body, and heart. And create a pattern 
for people to be able to find on their own any lies that may be blocking their personal Amen. breakthrough. Yeah. That they could see how immersing themselves under Christ's love, that there could be such a shift in their health that not only would they gain the victory in their own life, but they would be equipped to minister healing to others. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all at a time of today's portion of this great interview with Sue Detweiler. So we're talking about Healing Rain, her latest book, Healing Rain, Immersing Yourself in Christ's Love to Find Wholeness of Mind, Body, and Heart. Praise God. And I hope you're getting a lot out of this interview. I mean, she's just astounding to me. Think about this. She started preaching at the ripe old age of 19. Hallelujah. She and her husband, as senior citizens at the age of 22, began pastoring a church. Praise God. Their heart is totally committed to the Lord. They've been doing this now for years. And folks, I hope you're getting a lot out of this interview. Be sure to come back for the conclusion of this interview in the very next episode as we continue this discussion healing rain, immersing yourself in Christ's love to find wholeness of mind, body, and heart with Sue Detweller. Till then, this Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.